Well, good morning, everybody. God is good. And all of the time, God is good. Yes, all the time. Even when the electricity out. Is God good? Yes. All right. So uh, come on in, grab your seats, and uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Um, we're going to have a little bit of an adventure this morning because the electricity is out. It seems to be the whole north side of uh, town from Ojai Avenue. All the electricity is out, and we've had a couple of hours to just be kind of planning for adjusting to make sure that we do what we come together on a Sunday morning to do, and that is to worship and love and to praise Jesus Christ. And we can do that with or without electricity, right? Amen. Amen. So we're just going to plow forward. So um, this morning, um, when I got up, uh, these are the first words that I read this morning. This is out of Psalm 115. It says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all of the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. And that, that's really the place, the posture of our hearts that we can come to him this morning with. That it's not about us. It's not about electricity. It's not about Ojai. It's not about you and I. It is about God. It is about Jesus. That our hearts are inclined to him, are given over to him, are committed to him, are seeking him, are longing and thirsting for him. And it's because of his unfailing love that right now, uh, regardless of what your week has been like, the, the reality is, is that sitting here this right now, some of you have had a very difficult week. There have been some very hard things that have taken place in people's lives. I've heard several stories just this morning of, of really hard experiences that people have had this week. And yet God in the midst of that is faithful and his love never ends. And some of you honestly have had a wonderful week. Kathy and I got back from a wonderful trip and we've just things have been good. And God is faithful and his love is never ending regardless of what our weeks have been like. So this morning, come. If your week has been good, if your week has been difficult, come and turn your heart to Jesus because it is about him and him alone. Um, so would you just uh, pray with me? You can stay seated. Just pray with me as we... Uh, kind of move into starting our service together. So, Father, thank you. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your never-ending love. Thank you for all that you have given and provided for us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we take this time right now to turn our hearts, to turn our thoughts, to turn everything that is in us to you. Um, Lord, to leave behind whatever has been going on uh, this morning, this week, uh, because we know that you are faithful. We know that your love is, is good and kind and with us all the time. So we come and submit our hearts to you. We submit our minds to you, knowing that you're here with us. So come, be glorified, fill this place, and we love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
Shiloh and Maya, uh, you may have a seat. Um, so kids, it is time for Kingdom Kids, so the kids can head out to the back with their teachers. Woohoo! There's usually like cool music going on, like yeah, that's safe. All right, for the kids. <laughs> Just a few uh, announcements, um, and normally they'd be up on the screen, but all these announcements will be in your uh, hard copy bulletin if we're able to print them before we uh, get through today or they're online. And if you have any questions, you could call the church to find out as well. But the grief support group that takes place down at the Baptist Church, the next one is going to be on November 2nd um, at the Baptist Church from 4 to 5. And actually, that group has been going so well, they're starting a second group in Oakview at, Ch at Calvary Chapel. Um, that first meeting at Calvary Chapel is going to be on October 26th. So again, if that's something that would be of interest to you, we encourage you to participate in one or even both of those events. Um, Teen Challenge, who many of you are familiar with, and uh, we really work hard here to just partner with that a wonderful ministry to women down in Ventura. They're having a uh, golf tournament. That tournament is on October 24th. It's at 11 a.m. That's a Monday, um, and it's at the Ojai Valley Inn. And again, you can get more information on our website or by contacting Teen Challenge. And lastly, um, this is just kind of a heads up. A couple of months from now, on uh, Saturday, December 10th, here at the well, is going to be a really cool event. It's called Breakfast in Bethlehem. And this is going to be an interactive um, performance. There's going to actually be a play element to it, but interactive with folks who are in the audience and stuff like that. Um, it's going to be from 9 to 11.30 here. Breakfast is going to be included, but it's going to be a, a family event, Christmas-oriented breakfast in Bethlehem. So we'll hear a lot more about it between now and December, but we want to get you to put that on your calendar and be sure that you join us uh, for that. It's going to be really uh, cool. So um, if you would stand again, um, we're going to pray one more time, have some more uh, worship. So Lord, thank you again just for being here with us. 
Um, Lord, we take this opportunity. We love to worship you, Lord, with our voices, with our hearts. Um, So would you just come and be with us as we sing again to you? Amen, Lord Jesus. And I encourage you, you know, there's not a whole lot of amplification now, so sing really loud. You can really hear the people around you, so a unique opportunity.
and suddenly we went dark. Uh, you know, it, a lot goes through your mind, and, and yet, in all the years of ministry, uh, it's okay. You know, I, I was reminded just as we were preparing and starting service. Back in the early 90s, I had gone to the Philippines uh, for some ministry with the School of Evangelism, and, and as part of that, we traveled to different parts of the country. And, and one day, we, we went to a, a, a town, I think it was in the southern island, and we were going to do jail ministry. And... Uh, I had no idea really what that meant, and it's one of those moments where you just say, okay, Lord, you know, we're going to do jail ministry, and so we get there, and uh, again, it wasn't a, a big town, uh, but what I didn't realize was that our team, about 10 of us, were going to be in the jail cell, one big jail cell about the size of this stage with every, all the inmates. So we get there, and, and you're, literally, it's about the size of this, and one big like you see in the Western movies, one big, right, bars, thank you. And, and we get in there, and, and, and we're doing ministry there, and, and literally, we're here and there, right, we're the, literally that far away, you know. And, and it can be a little bit unnerving, because you don't know what's going to happen, and you, you're literally in the moment. You just have, have no choice but to be in the moment. And so we go through what we're going to do, and we had learned some dramas and some skits, and... and uh, at the end of the last skit drama that we did, we all sort of end up in some big huddle. Like, just we all collapse into it, and it's kind of the, the climax of the, of the skit. And in that moment, we're huddled, and the team leader of the day, literally in that second, says, Hey, can you share your testimony? 
no advance warning, no nothing. And we're about two seconds away from breaking this huddle and going into the message testimony. And what are you going to do? Say no. <laughs> you know, you, you say, okay, here we go. And we broke, and I shared the testimony, and, and it was hot and humid and dusty. And, you know, and, and, and the Lord did what only the Lord could do in the moment. In the moment. And, and, and I think the Lord brought that to my mind this morning because in a dusty, whatever, what is this, 40 by 40, whatever, jail cell, single jail cell with their group and our group facing each other, you know, uh, all, there were no trappings. There were no trappings. There was no AC, you know, there was no cheese, no donuts waiting afterwards. There wasn't cushioned chairs like you're in right now. It was just very simple. About as simple and as basic as you could get. And sometimes I think we're rem- we need to be reminded, uh, especially in the good old U.S. of A., that it, it's just about the simple truth of the gospel. It's the simple truth of following Jesus one day at a time, sometimes even one moment at a time. And uh, the irony, or I don't know if it's God's sense of humor, um, I'm not exactly sure just yet, but what we were going to start with today was actually a very media kind of cool presentation of the journey of this church. And we were going to show you a picture from Cindy's uh, living room where we started in 2010 as a Bible study just in this neighborhood right here on the other side of this fence, right? And then I was going to show you a picture of Saturday nights at the Wesleyan Church. And then we got to move to Sunday mornings at the Wesleyan Church. And then I was going to show you the first service here where, where we had to bring in extra chairs uh, June 4th, 2017, and it was a packed house, right? And then I was going to show you a completely empty church, worship center, because the pandemic hit. And I was going to show you a screenshot of what it looks like at 10 a.m. Service starts at 10 a.m. And we scramble to, to, to figure out digital church, right? And, and through that, God works. And now we have people watching us in Alaska and Oklahoma and Northern California and San Diego. And so the church family has grown uh, that way. And yet, if we're honest, because of the pandemic, uh, some have not returned for a variety of reasons. Um, and we're still working through that. In fact, the church as a whole is still working through the impact of that. And, and, it's, and it's a challenge, right? And, and so we were shut down, we went digital, and then I was going to show you a picture when we did um, patio Sunday. Remember patio? Who was here for patio, right? Out on the patio, and we were getting excited because we couldn't be in here, but we could be 30 feet there, right? as long as we were outdoors. And then finally, we, we make our way back in here. And, and the point of that journey, and you're going to see it next week as well, um, Lord willing, uh, literally, they Valente, Lord willing, these will be up next, next Thursday, next Sunday. The point of that was not so much the journey of the facilities, because in American church, we tend to celebrate growth and, and new facilities and greater attendance and yada, 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 right? The theme of our journey as a church the last 13 years has really just been people. People. And uh, next Sunday, you're going to see some shots of different events we've had. And, and uh, sometimes when we show those, those shots of Thanksgiving dinner or a women's event or a men's event, you go, oh, I remember that. And then you go, oh, gosh, so-and-so's with the Lord right now. And it's a, it's a celebration. And then you'll see someone else in the photo and you're like, what happened to them? 
right? And there's ups and downs and lefts and rights as a church family as we've journeyed together in 13 years. And, and we're reminded at its core that the church is the body of Christ. It's, it's, it's a gathering of the redeemed, amen? It's about people. It's about people at its core, right? And, and so, you know, we go out of our way around here to try to make it as comfortable. And sometimes I think, again, uh, you know, again, if you've traveled to Haiti or, you know, other parts of Africa, you, you recognize it's not about the trappings. And people are walking hours and they sit outside for hours because they're drawn by the Lord to the Lord and to the, the community of believers, right? And so as I was navigating this morning, there's a great peace I have because sometimes I think uh, when we're challenged with no lights, it's like, can we still have church, right? What an interesting question. And I get it and I get it and I understand the question, right? No electricity. Are we having church today? Okay, I want you to think about the reality, then I get the pragmatic side of that, but also think about how funny that is. That having churches dependent on electricity. Because we could have it outside, sitting on the grass. Because what is church? Right? It goes back to your definition of church, your expectations of church, what the, the, the reason you even came today. Why are you here? Right? What's, what's, what's the purpose, ultimately, for you getting up and, and sitting in the... Well, I'll say the dark, but it's not really, right? And, and Mark, if you want, you can actually turn that fan if you guys get warm, right? And so here this morning, we're suffering, <laughs> sort of, I think, right? You still got a fan blowing on you because we have solar generators and we've got a solar, we still have amplified sound. So I guess we're suffering today. You know, because the AC doesn't work. You know, sometimes it's just one of those gut checks. We're like, oh my gosh, how soft do we become? <laughs> right? Lord, forgive us. The early church, right? The early church. We celebrated Acts 2. The Holy Spirit moves, right? How many people got saved that day? 3,000. But here's, the, here's what we don't see. The reality of that. A lot of them came in to Jerusalem and they stayed. Nowhere to stay. No food. No jobs. The early church, it was messy and dirty and people were complaining and grumbling. And, and yet we're all these years later, we're like 3,000. That was a mess. I'm sure the complaint department was overrun. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm hot. Where are we sleeping? Right? Who's in charge? Where are the elders? And they have elders. Right? It, 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 they were just figuring that out as they went. And yet, if you think about it, it was with no trappings, the power of the Holy Spirit that moved. Right? And we weren't caught up on, on many of the things that we get caught up on. And, and so, uh, I want to invite you next Sunday. And, and this is kind of what I was going to use these slides for and kind of why I'm doing this intro. Next Sunday is a special Sunday. Uh, the pastors and the elders were all going to be up here. And we're going to be speaking to you as a church family. And let me just share my heart a little bit. You know, back in 2010, you know, things had happened at community. And God put on my heart, my wife's heart, and sought counsel from other pastors and, and elders in the, in the valley about starting Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship. And we felt like, okay, let's do that, right? A step of faith. And God has been faithful to provide uh, not just resources, but people, 
and next week we're going to see some of those pictures again. But here's, here's what has happened. There are seasons in the life of a church because a church is an organism. Everyone say organism. It's an organism. It's the body of Christ. It's, we, tend to sell a, we tend to focus on organization, right? Organization and org charts and all the administrative sides of running a 501c3 nonprofit charitable organization in the state of California. And then we get real administrative about the organization of the church and how we do church and starting and all that stuff. I get that. But at its core, the church is an organism. It's made up of people. It's living. Okay. And the power just came back on. There you go, right? <laughs> All right. And I guess we'll just stay with this. So, in the last 13 years, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get the pictures up, there have been seasons as a church family. Seasons. Uh, we celebrate them as a whole because God is good. And all the time. Right? Okay. So we celebrate it. We don't celebrate numbers and as much as we can focus on, you know, the fact that we're here and we have our own place. Right? We celebrate that. God's provision. The miracle of even owning this property. The miracle. Straight up miracle. Right? But there are seasons. And there was this wonderful season all the way up until we got here. And again, if you saw the picture, you would see a full house. I think, I don't know if Tyler's here, probably 200 people here. Right? And then those seasons of growth and everything happening. And then the pandemic hits, and we go from full extra seats to empty. And then we navigate the season of that, and you know, and masks, and what's appropriate, and outside, and, and then this season of coming back here, and who's going to come back, and navigating the new, you know, Bill shared with us at an elder meeting, the church as a whole is trying to navigate digital church, right? Just like the marketplace is navigating digital work and remote work, right? It's radically changed the marketplace, and and employment. Well, the church has been radically, radically impacted by, in a good way, I'm not saying it's, it's bad, but in, in a good way and also in a challenging way. Because for many who can't be here and many around the country who celebrate our ministry, they're getting fed weekly. But then there are also, for honest, those that it's now convenient. And tuning in or not at 10 a.m. has become optional and secondary. And it's much easier to just disconnect or sporadically stay connected. That's, that's what we're wrestling with because we're shepherds at heart and we care. And, and so we're navigating that. And so next Sunday, here's where we are because part of my responsibility and part of what I do is I say, Lord, show me, show me the church. Show me the church family. Where are we? And we're at a different season. We're, we're just at a new season. It's been a great summer. Many of you are new and, and celebrate you being here. Just celebrate what God has done. But we're also aware of and, and burdened by those who are not connected or disconnected a bit. We also, this past summer, celebrated some of our dear brothers and sisters going to be with Jesus. Amen? Right? That's just reality of life. Their, their time came. So here's where we are at the end of 2022, this final quarter, and heading into 2023. I just shared this with you. It's kind of like a family time here. You know, the Lord has put it on my heart, and I've shared it with the elders. You know, we're, we're going to use next Sunday as sort of a take your breath, take a deep breath, <sighs> regroup, and we're going to be forward-looking to fulfill God's plan for the well moving forward. Amen? 
Okay. We're going to be sharing uh, five kind of pillars of, of foundation unity, five real practical core tenets of unity um, for us as a church. Uh, each of the elders and pastors will be speaking to it for a few minutes next Sunday. And so why are we doing this? Well, for those who have been with us since 2010, and I know there's many of you, you've been with us on the journey. Up, down, left, right, right? Changing ministry leads, everything. Some of you are new, um, brand new. And what we want to do next Sunday is kind of put our arms around everyone and say, this is the heart of the elders. This is the heart of the, the pastors here. This is kind of the core tenets, the core vision as we move forward into the future together in unity. Amen? Okay, so I, I invite you, I invite you, I know this is probably being recorded. We haven't done that since the pandemic. And, and if you don't know that, that was, I'm having flashbacks because during the pandemic, it would just be me here and sometimes Saturday nights and that would be set up and this is completely empty of all the chairs and I would be preaching to a camera right there. And so, yeah, very, very interesting. And I think I shared with you one time, I, I poured my heart out, 45 minutes preaching. I went down there to stop the camera and I forgot to plug in the audio. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I take a five minute break, take a deep breath, plug in the audio and do it all again. Take two. Many of you knew. Right. So there were seasons we celebrated. We, we, we laughed. Uh, quite honestly, uh, we've cried. Uh, there have been some very tough times in the church. It's very real. It, it, uh, the fallenness and the brokenness uh, on this planet, uh, you know, sometimes it, it, I've been doing this for 30 years and it still shocks me and it still grieves my heart. And then to, cel to celebrate transformed lives and victories, uh, right? I, I, that never gets old either. And so next Sunday, I want to invite you, please come. Uh, whether you've been with us since 2010, whether you're just coming on board and thinking that this may be where the Lord has you, uh, you're going to see the history of the church, but uh, then we're going to transition into where we're going together, where we're going together. And here's the thing. There is so much happening uh, on this planet right now. And, uh, you know, depending on how much you're watching the news and um, whatever uh, you're tuning into, uh, it, can, it can be very challenging times right now. Okay, uh, it can be unsettling, very unnerving what's happening globally, what's happening uh, nationally with the economy, uh, what people are saying about 2023 already. Uh, yeah, and yet in the midst of that, God doesn't change. The truth doesn't change. And the church is still going to be the church. Amen. Amen. And, and I really want to encourage you as we end 2022 and move into 2023. Uh, I can think of no greater opportunity to be the church. To be the church. To actively participate in God's church, in what he wants to do in the Ojai Valley and around the world through this ministry. I think Mark said already we've got two homes, two trips to build homes. Four homes, two trips already on, on the books for 2023 down in Mexico. Uh, we want to invite you. Um, but we also, I just kind of sense that we need, we need to huddle we need a Sunday to just kind of huddle and regroup a bit. And um, please pray. Pray that God would stir his church. You know, pray for the other churches. We have great relationships with the other pastors in the Ojai Valley. Uh, but it's been a season for us. It's been a season for us as a church family. Uh, as much as we think COVID and, and everything's over, it's not. You know, my wife, I think this is our first time back here in, in a month, 
You know, she battled COVID for two weeks just recently. So it's still happening. People are still getting it. Um, and, and even beyond just the illness, pray, pray for hearts. Pray that God would stir the hearts and uh, would draw those people that he's calling to the well to be a part of the well, to join uh, in a purpose bigger than us, his purpose, his purpose for what he wants to do. Okay, so invite you next Sunday. I share that with you because uh, I just want you sometimes to know that, that part of my responsibility is to really go to 10,000 feet, as Bill likes to say, and say, Lord, show me, show me where we are. Show me, show me where we're headed, where we've been. And I got to be honest with you, this last quarter of 2022 is a time that I, I'm just praying, praying that we would kind of settle down and then with enthusiasm embark into 2023. New vision. New vision, freshness, new wineskins, new people. Amen? Amen? Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Whatever happens globally, we're going to love Jesus. We're going to be true to him, true to his word. And we're just going to be the church as best we can. Amen? Amen. Okay. So this morning it's interesting too because the passage that we're going to look at has to do with people. In fact, two people in the church at Philippi who aren't getting along. Right? Who just aren't getting along. And, and how many of you have ever been in church and you just don't get along with somebody? Maybe the person next to you. Just smile at them right now. <laughs> Every once in a while. Every once in a while, right? Just, just once in a while, right? I've, I've shared with you before the, the miracle of the parking lot. The miracle of the parking lot. You're going at it. Very, some of you going at it on your way to church. Or just silent treatment. Tension in the car. Right? You, you drive in, and we're watching you, and you get out, and between your car and the front door, a miracle happened. How are you? Good. How was your week? Fine. How's the family? Oh, we love each other so much. So good. We're so good, right? I mean, the truth is, how many of you sometimes, the person next to you drives you a little cray-cray? Just a little bit. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Christine and I, thank you, right? Maybe even this morning. Maybe, 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 right? But what, what do we do with that in the church? Because, right? Aubrey, would you like to share something? <laughs> Back row, Norris family hitting some buttons. This month. You apologize, you had, the, you had the parking lot miracle happen this morning. Thank you. So, right? Paul here in Philippians 4 is going to speak to us about the importance of, of harmony and unity in the church family. It matters. It matters. And if we're going to move forward into 2022 and 2023 and beyond, you're just going to have to accept the fact that you're going to step on toes and someone's going to step on your toes at some point in the church. Amen? Because the church is made up of people in process. We're redeemed. We're saved by the grace of God. And yet we're in this thing called sanctification. And that sanctification process, quite honestly, sometimes even on a Sunday morning, you don't hide it real well. Right? I mean, Sundays we dress up and we put on our Sunday best and smile, da, 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 da. Right? But even sometimes in the church family, you know, you didn't have such a good week. And you come and you're cranky. And you snap at someone. And you, someone's in your chair. You know, and you don't say it, but in the back of your mind, you're like, that's my chair. You know, and what's up with that, right? Or who took the last sprinkled donut? Come on, right? We all kind of have this, this 
flesh thing that, that follows us around. And it's in, the, in the world of church, it's going to come out. So what do we do with that? What do we do with that? And I, and I hope that what the Apostle Paul says to the church in Philippi helps us. Eileen, or Jordan, we good? Okay. So Philippians 4, 1, he says this. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, for my, uh, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Euodia, and I entreat that's pronounced soon to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Hey, Jordan, can you do me a favor? If you just, can you pop that TV on? It just helps me to know what's on these screens. So in Philippians 2 and 3, he says, yes, I, ask, I also ask, oh, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Suntuhe to agree in the Lord. So there's these two women who have helped the Apostle Paul in his work. Right. They labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement. But something there's a conflict between these two. There's a conflict. He doesn't go into detail. He doesn't give us the, the, the gory details about everything. He doesn't say who's right and who's wrong. He just says, hey, I need you to to agree in the Lord. I need resolution here. Now, now. What's significant, what's important, why this matters is that the Apostle Paul is writing this from house prison in Rome. So he hears about this conflict, this contention, this division between these two women in Philippi. And it matters so much to him that he actually calls them out by name in a letter. Now, if you don't know, it's a letter. So at some point it's being read. To the believers in Philippi. Can you imagine? If you were Yuldea and Suntuhe? I entreat Yuldea. And, and they're like, who told him? Who told him? How does he know? He's in Rome. What? Yeah, he's in Rome. How did he hear? Right? And some of you are like, how did Pastor Richie know? We know. We've got eyes and ears in the Ojai Valley everywhere. We know. Ernie, we know. Yeah, just kidding. We don't know. But Paul did. And it mattered so much. And think about this, right? It mattered so much to Paul that he calls them out by name to agree in the Lord from Rome. There's a priority here. There's an importance here. And, and right off the bat, we're challenged because sometimes we compartmentalize our life. Here's church. Here's church family. Here's things of the church. This is just between me and Mark. You see the compartmentalization? Right? Here's church. We, we're both Christians. But right now, we're just, we got a thing. And we're okay having a thing. We don't need to reconcile. He's wrong and he knows it. <laughs> and I'll be glad to reconcile when he comes to his senses. You laugh, but how many, huh? How many of you have been glad to reconcile with someone when they apologize and admit you were completely right? Let's say. Come on. You're, you're more than ready to reconcile. Right? And so there's a compartmentalization here that we have to right off the bat confront. That these are believing women who served side by side with Paul. And he's saying, look, this contention, this conflict needs to be resolved for the sake 
of the church. We can't have this ongoing because of the potential implications and ramifications to division and, and separation and animosity in the church. Because it's, it's not too much to go from between me and Mark to camps. To camps. Right? And then the Markites are sitting here. And the Richieites are sitting here. Right? And, and now you're talking. Again, I've been in church 30 years. And the church talks. Right? Some would call it gossip. But we call it prayer requests. <laughs> Please pray for Mark and his hard heart. Please pray for his stubbornness. Right? Put that on the prayer chain. Pray for Mark and his bad attitude. We're just, we're just good. We can Christianize and just make, make gossip sound so good. So like, just man. And then everyone's even like, yeah, what's wrong with Mark? Lord, pray for Mark. Right? I knew. I knew when he goes up there and welcomes, he's a phony. You know what I mean? That smile. Those shorts. You know what I mean? You know, whatever it is. So we... I have no idea what I said, bro. I like your shirt. Your wife dresses you well. So, it matters. We can't compartmentalize what's between me and Mark, or between me and Ty, or between me and Bill. It's going to eventually leak out, especially at the, uh, not just at the elder level, but at the church level. It matters. Paul wrote from Rome. It wasn't, a, it wasn't insignificant. Church relationships. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. And, and I think the, the elders will be okay with this. God has blessed this church with, with some godly, godly elders and pastors. I, I'm so thankful. So thankful. Just miracle. Uh, he has also blessed this church with some type A, stubborn, <laughs> speak my mind, godly men that I call brothers. Thank you. And Tyler's the most godly of them all. In his humble but accurate opinion. But um, there are times when we step on each other's toes in seeking the Lord for his will for this church. That's just part of, what we, that's just part of life. That's part of me giving them permission to be honest and true and then come to the elder meeting and share their heart share their thoughts, share their feelings, share their opinions. But we do it in the context of in the Lord, in unity. And sometimes, honestly, we step on toes. Sometimes, honestly, um, it takes a little bit to calm down. But there have been times uh, over the years where these godly men have asked for forgiveness and received forgiveness, have, have corrected, have listened, have taking a deep breath and said, okay, yeah, I, I didn't see it that way. Or, and it's fine. We've grown. We've grown. We've matured in our relationships because we've been able to navigate the inevitable conflict that comes as part of being human, as part of being the church, as part of being church leaders. And I share that with you because something like this can, can come, come across again like one of those, well, you know, you guys, and if you were perfect like us, we would never have. No. 
Now, almost every elder meeting, there's something that needs to be discussed. And I give them this permission to speak freely, knowing that in that permission to speak freely and what the Lord has put on their heart, that there might be great disagreement. And that's okay, because we can work through that in unity and in love and in truth, okay? So Paul, right off the bat, says this is a big deal. This conflict needs to be resolved, right? And in the NASB, it says, I urge you, Odea, and I urge you to live in harmony. It's another, it's another uh, way of saying it, it, right? He says, agree in the Lord. NASB, it says, live in harmony. The NIV says, be of the same mind. Be of the same mind. Okay, so, so what they're talking about is unity at the heart level. Big picture, the same bent, the same, you know, living in harmony versus, versus uh, you know, harmony versus cacophony, right? Uh, Shiloh was up here playing chords on a guitar. Well, as long as she hits those chords, it's, it's harmony. It sounds really good. You hit the wrong notes, it's a mess, right? And so, so what Paul is saying is, hey, church, do your best to be in harmony. To be in harmony with one another. Okay? It's interesting. Well, one person says this. You don't need to agree on everything. But agreeing in the Lord means that you value the things that you agree upon because of your shared connection to Christ more than you value the things that you disagree upon. You see, this is, this is really important. Because once we get into conflict with somebody, right away we elevate self. My position, my rightness, my uh, hurtness, my whatever, right? We, right when we go to in conflict, it goes to my, everyone, you, why is it so hard? Because everyone goes to their corner of me, okay? What he's saying here is, is, no, you have got to be willing to get over me and look at Christ. You've got to value, in this sense, harmony and unity within the body of Christ more than your position. More than your rightness, right? That, that's really important because he says agree or he says agree in the Lord. That phrase right there. He doesn't just say you should agree. Okay, very important. He says you need to agree in the Lord. So if you're professing believers, there's a sphere, there's an environment where you can find common ground and it's in Christ. Amen. Start from there. Your names are written in the book of life. You're both saved by grace through faith. Right? Right? He says, okay, right off the bat, when he says, stand firm, agree in the Lord, have the same mind, he's like, take your eyes off of you and your own position and go to Christ. Start there. Look for common ground there. Who you are in the Lord. For the sake of the Lord. You see, it's bigger. Right off the bat, in order for the church to function and continue to function with all of its ups and downs and quirks and you know, everyone in process, we have got to stay focused on the bigger picture. We talked about spiritual warfare, right? A couple, couple weeks ago, we talked about the schemes of the devil. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if the devil's scheme is simply division in the church. Rather than being concerned about a lost and dying world, we're infighting. He gets us infighting. The color of the carpet, the style of the music, who's in my chair, right? 
all of that. He gets us to turn inward. And if he gets us to turn inward and destroy each other, suddenly we're not even fulfilling the Great Commission. Okay? So in these issues, he says, agree in the Lord. Take your focus off of you. And especially your rightness, meaning why you think you're right. Why the other person's wrong. That's a biggie. That's a biggie. Okay? He says this in other places too. First Corinthians. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels, my dear brothers and sisters. Some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos. I follow Peter. Or I follow only Christ, right? I like when Richie preaches. No, I like when Bill preaches. No, really, Mark's the best, right? Oh, no, Randy, because he has a lot of pictures. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's so funny because we can, even in our humanness, without knowing it, we, we can latch on to personalities. The flesh. The flesh. I like. I like. I prefer. And we lose sight of the bigger picture. The bigger picture. Okay. Ephesians 4.3, make every effort, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. 1 Peter 3, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Right? Remember, uh, unity is not uniformity. And that's where, that's where it gets tough. Unity is not uniformity. Around here, there's a lot of freedom in Christ. Look at the, look at the dress code around here. Right? As long as it's not a distraction and doesn't take away from, from the things of the Lord, there's freedom in how you dress. Right? Some places there's not. We, we allow, as an independent church, we allow, because we want to focus on the core tenets of the gospel and core tenets of doctrine, that means that there's some freedom that we allow. And we also understand that with that freedom and allowing it here at the well, it doesn't always sit well with everybody. Right? Shorts on an elder. We're out of here, you know. These are things that, these are real. Wearing a hat. Ooh, got quiet. Right? No shoes, thank you. Right? Or collared, or, right? Expectations, traditions, everything that comes in. If you're not careful, it becomes divisive and we lose sight of that we're unified in Christ. And that he gives us freedom in Christ. So around here, just so you know, again, moving forward next week and beyond. We, we really like to focus on the core tenets and who we are in Christ as the basis of our unity. And then we work through all the sort of traditions and expectations and disappointments and comments and complaints that come through. But we also understand that as an independent church, we welcome people from various church traditions. Okay, some are liturgical, and that's fine, right? I, I told, I've shared with you before, I come from a, a Roman Catholic church upbringing, so evangelical church, this took a while to get used to. It's like, wow, right? And then, and then some of you come from maybe different traditions where it's very, you know, short sandals, tank tops, and it's very, you're fine with that. We knew right off the bat that, Allowing the spirit to keep us united and not majoring on sort of the traditions and the things that 
can come up. It's not easy at times, but we just try to like agree in the Lord. We just try to stay united in the things that really matter. Okay, that's what we do. And so First uh, Corinthians 12, 12 reminds us, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. If you're a believer, you were baptized into the body of Christ. You are part of the church. Okay, that, that's big picture. That's big picture. And then Romans 12. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Here's the New Living Translation of the same passage. I think it, I think it says it pretty cool. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. What a great verse. Right? Great passage. Some of the core themes in these passages, because I just want to kind of state big pictures, is humility. Humility. Core. Coming at one another from a, a place of humility, not thinking I know it all, right? And then, very important verse here, verse 18. You can put that back up, Jordan. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So this is, this is important. The Apostle Paul had called out each of the women by name, okay? Because they each had their own individual responsibilities before the Lord, first, when you're, when you're in conflict as believers with someone, your first responsibility and obligation is to seek the Lord. To go this way before you go this way. Right? And then he says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. That's an important verse because he says, do all that you can. Guard your heart from bitterness, resentment, becoming hard-hearted. Right? Do all that you can, which means guard your heart, seek the Lord, humble yourself. And then he says, so that you can live in peace with the Lord. And the truth of that verse is, you still may not have peace. Because it takes two to make peace. It takes two to reconcile. You can't control the other person. The only person you can control is yourself. So when you're in conflict with someone, when there's not peace, the priority is... To get your heart right before the Lord. And to be at a place to be willing to reconcile. Be willing to go there. To agree in the Lord. To have harmony. To be in the same mind. To go there. That's what he's saying here. And that's where harmony in a church family comes. When each of us desires what God desires. Which is harmony and peace and unity. Amen. So even though we're a church family. We all go this way first. We're seeking the good of everyone first. I want what's best for everyone. And when there's contention between us, for the good of the church, we make it right. See how it's bigger? There's a bigger purpose. There's a bigger benefit to us being in harmony. It's not just us being okay with each other. It benefits the whole church family, and it's a testimony. It's a testimony. You know one of the things that, that I hear about 
the well that, that I think is absolutely fabulous testimony of this community is the diversity in this church. Almost every neighborhood is represented in this church. Economics, diversity, age diversity, racial diversity. One of the things that, that I love about the well is that this pretty, is pretty representative of the Ohio Valley. Amen? That's a testimony to this country that is very much, right, into my own little corner and into my own little this and this and this and this. Here we are, a melting pot every week, and it's a testimony to God. Amen? Amen. You don't, don't miss that. That's why this matters. This doesn't happen out here very much anymore. In fact, there used to be a quote, right? I don't know how true it is that 10 a.m., 11 a.m. on Sunday was the most racially segregated part in time in America. Some of you grew up in that generation. You heard that, right? The 10 or 11 a.m. was the most racially segregated hour in America on Sunday because everybody would go to their own racially same church. That's why I celebrate this. I celebrate this. You have to. This is, this is heaven. <laughs> Right? I mean, I, I, sometimes we forget. Like, oh wait, yeah, there's people from other countries that'll be in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there will be. It, but we forget, right? Because we, we, go, we go from this slowly over time to this. And it, everything that exists is right in my bubble, right there. Right? And that's why what, what Paul is saying here is so important that interpersonal conflict can be resolved in the church if we start with in the Lord. If we start with a purpose to glorify God first and foremost. That's where it comes. It's dying to self. It's dying to self. Okay. And then he says this in Philippians 4.3. Yes, I, also, I ask you also, true companion. Now, they don't know for certain who the true companion is. It says, yes, I also ask you, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Very important principle here. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women. If you have an issue with someone in the church, you might need outside help. Now, that takes some humility. That takes big picture. That takes some honesty. That takes a willingness to ask for help and maybe not hear what you wanted to hear. Right? But in Philippians 4.3, the Apostle Paul from Rome is saying, Hey, hey, bud, can you help these women out? That's a, that's a wonderful place to be if you're stuck with somebody and you kind of came to this place of, you know... Maybe we just need some help. That's what the church is for. That's what the church is for. Okay? So maybe that's it. If, you, if you're stuck, call for help. Ask for help. It's okay. Okay? That's what Paul says in Philippians 4.3. It also requires the power of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit earlier in the summer. Something like this. When you get in conflict... Right away, a lot of us just go right to the flesh. 
me, 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 why I'm right, what you did to me, how you wounded me, how you, how you, how you, how you, how you, how you, right? We keep score, we throw out the scorecard. Well, I did, 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 did. That's just all flesh. Foundational to unity and harmony in the church is we've got to be walking in the spirit. You do, right? Look at Galatians 5.19. Compare the flesh and the spirit. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. That's just flesh. Be in the flesh, right? But then he says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So if you're, if you're, if you're kind of like this with someone, you got to go this way, agree in the Lord, and you got to say, I got to give this to the Holy Spirit. I got to give this to the Holy Spirit. Regardless if they choose to. It's not about them because you have no control over them. You can control you walking in the spirit. You can control you doing everything you can to live at peace with everyone. Will you live at peace with everyone? Maybe not. Because not everyone's walking in the spirit. And not everyone necessarily wants to be at peace for whatever reason. You can't control them. That's one of the challenging realities I've had as a pastor. We're not out here to ruin anyone's life. We're not out here to, you know, make you feel guilty or bad about happening. No. We want you to love Jesus and then experience great fulfillment and joy and abundance that he has for you. Right? But we also know we can't control you. And you're going to leave here and you're going to make the choices you're going to make. We understand that. We can only do our best. and Be faithful. Okay? So for you, you can just do your best. And then finally in John 13... Jesus says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Self-sacrificial love. Same love that Jesus exhibited on the cross for you. Do that for someone else. Okay? Colossians 3, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. There's a, it's important in verse 15. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm not at peace in my heart, stuff's going on in my life. It affects my relationships with other people. For whatever reason, if I'm not at peace and if I'm not right with God, suddenly I'm more irritable, I'm more impatient, I get into it much easier. And it's not necessarily even them. It's because I didn't have the peace of Christ ruling in my heart. So maybe today, as we prepare for communion, uh, Shai, you, you can come up. Maybe... There is a relationship. Maybe there's a Yuodia and a Sumtehu in, in your life. 
And maybe as I'm just reading this, God has put on your heart that you got, it's time to agree in the Lord. If you're believers and you got something going on with someone, maybe today, it's just time to agree in the Lord. And maybe today is for you. Take your eyes off of them for a second. Maybe today the Lord is saying, yeah, it's time for you to agree with so-and-so in the Lord. But right now, I need you to be willing to focus on you and me. I need you to be willing to confess your, your pride, your hard-heartedness, your bitterness, your resentment. I need you to be willing to humble yourself. And agree in the Lord and have harmony for the sake of the church as the whole. Maybe there is a relationship that needs to be healed and reconciled, but... Honestly, this morning is about you confessing and getting right with the Lord first. And then maybe that change of heart will be what's communicated intangibly to them. And then at least, even if they don't receive it, Romans 12, 18, you've done everything you could. And you can be at peace. Because you know before the Lord you're at peace in this situation. Okay. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for reminding us uh, right off the bat that it's not about the trappings of church, the electricity. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit. It's about the power of your word. And so thank you this morning that your word once again speaks right to where we live even in the church. Those of us, all of us in sanctification, those of us in process, those of us who step on toes and have our toes stepped on, those of us who react. Lord, there is so much opportunity for conflict, contention, division, quarreling in the church. And, and so, Father, we come before you as a church family, but even individually, and ask you to check our hearts. You say that before we take communion, we should examine our hearts. So this morning, we want to examine our hearts in the area of relationships. Father, what is the status of my heart in my relationships? And if I have become bitter, hard-hearted, unforgiving, if I have been unwilling to be in harmony with someone. Father, I confess that right now and ask for your forgiveness. If I have been in the flesh, elevating self above you and your church, please forgive me. And Father, I pray for those here or maybe listening later that their number one relationship that they need to make right is with you through faith in Jesus. Maybe that's the first reconciliation that needs to happen. Is to put their faith in Jesus and be reconciled to you, oh God. And if that's you, then I pray that this morning you would put your faith in Jesus. Be reconciled. Be at peace. The Bible says we have peace with God through faith in Jesus. So put your faith in Jesus this morning. Believe on him as Savior. Believing he, he was crucified, he died, he rose from the dead. Trust him fully. Be reconciled. Be at peace with God. And then Jesus, you say, as often as we take communion to do it in remembrance of you. And so we're reminded that you emptied yourself. 
You came down to earth out of love. And as we remember you through communion this morning, may we be transformed in our heart that we would forgive as you have forgiven us, that we would love one another as you have loved us, as demonstrated on the cross. So Shiloh and Maya are going to lead us through a song. We're going to invite you, if you would like to come up, there's communion cups here at the table. You're more than welcome to come up, uh, take a cup and head back to your seat and take um, the communion on your own. There's bread and juice, you just flip it over. Uh, if you would like to just stay in your seats, there's cups in the rows there. Uh, you're more than welcome to take communion in your seats as well. So why don't you guys go ahead and play, and we'll, you guys can come up as you want. Amen. Mm-hmm. 
unity in the church. I get here Sunday mornings as well, 9.45, I'm sorry, 7.45, 7.50 for a team meeting before church. I'm listening to my worship music. I'm driving in. I go past the dead traffic signals. and eh, the power's out. God is good all the time. We can handle this. I'm really taking in the, the music and the worship, and I pull in the lot. Somebody's parked in my parking spot. <laughs> we are all susceptible to stumbling in these areas. Might not even be anybody here. I don't know. I left a note on the car. Maybe I'll find out later. I don't know. <clears throat> but we can be derailed at a moment's notice in that. Today's message, today's conviction, that as believers we should share Jesus and his message as a unit family. That's what we do. There's going to be people at church. There's going to be people in the church family that we are extremely close to and others that are simply acquaintances. That's life. That's humanity. When we're in heaven, that won't be the case. But while we're here, that is a reality. But the common thread that draws the believer together is the message of Christ and his word. If we do not know Christ, we don't have that resource. Most people that would come to the well, most people that would join, join us online are committed believers for their seeking. But there's always a few in all locations that may not have that relationship with it. Maybe you ask yourself, why can't I resolve conflict with people? Why have I not employed these biblical resources and commands to make right with my brother or sister? We don't know. Maybe you have, maybe they haven't. Who's coming to who first, as Richie said? We don't know. But the reality is, is there's a possibility that you don't have an indwelling Holy Spirit. And if that's the case, you can remedy that today. You don't need me. You don't need this building. You could be at home live streaming. Are we looking at this camera? That's okay. You folks that may be watching this later, right? You can reach out. You can reach out, call out to God. You can tell the Father, I want to follow you. I want to know more about you. I want to know the resources that are going to help me to resolve conflict, not just in the church, but everywhere in this world, your way. And you can do that. It's not just simply saying words or praying a prayer. That doesn't save anyone. It's a cultivated heart that the Lord recognizes is ready for you to follow him. You can fool us, but you can't fool him. It's not just words. So I encourage anybody that's ready to make that commitment that hasn't, wants to recommit their life, maybe they're not sure, you can come up here to the front when we're finished. You can, let's see if this works, the power outage. Oh, there it is. Got a prayer email. You can reach out. We'd love to respond and help you through those spots help you through those tough places. But you can receive Christ today right here. I encourage you, come forward, we can help you today. I wanna to thank everyone that's here at the well that left maybe a dark home thinking that there would be electricity here. 
There wasn't, but there is the light of God. He cannot, they cannot darken this place, regardless. And we thank those of you that have joined us online at whenever that point in time was, we don't know. But we, we cherish your um, commitment to this church family and your desire to come here and hear God's truth. I want everybody to have a terrific weekend. God bless you.